Step Right Up, It's Nailed, a halo-by-halo journey through the music of Nine Inch Nails. I'm Blake. I'm Jessica. And this is not a halo. It's a Between Halos special, and we have a special guest. Kind of like the time when we did the Charlie Clouser, and people didn't get too mad that it wasn't halo, because they were just uh, happy to hear Charlie. But we have a guest, so um, without belaboring it, please welcome funny person, musician, singer-songwriter, uh, Simpsons expert podcast, above all, fellow <laughs> podcaster, uh, the the highest thing on the CV, <laughs> Allie Gertz. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on Nailed. Yes, I'm Welcome. sorry that I'm not a halo. <laughs> <laughs> but in your own way, aren't you? Hey, I like that. <laughs> what if we were called halos instead of like pigs? <laughs> hmm. That'd be, that wouldn't be as good. No, that's not good. Never mind. Um, and not bearing the lead, a lot of this will come later, but what brought me to Allie in the first, I already knew you from listening to, um, I'm not going to remember the name of the damn podcast that I listened to. That's okay. Uh, well, it, it, had was ra- a lot, it had a lot of names. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> it was everything come. I, I was a Max Funster. I listened to a lot of those and through the ads there, I discovered everything's coming up. Uh, Simpsons, which is what it was called when I came to it. Then it became Round Springfield. Round Springfield. You- yeah, but it started out as Everything's Coming Up podcast. This is for oh, any yeah. for for any uh, non Simpsons fans, which I don't know if they even exist. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, of course, a play on Everything's Coming Up Millhouse. And I thought it'd be right. funny if we were Everything's Coming Up podcast. But when we got switched over to a different network, they were like, "That's a horrible name. Can you please put Simpsons <laughs> anywhere in the title?" They're were, they were like, "Don't put. T- we're not putting podcasts in the titles of our podcasts anymore." <laughs> yeah, it's gauche. You- you should have heard some of the names Blake had oh, for this podcast. We well, yeah, we'll talk about failed titles. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, yeah, I had bad ideas, and she said nailed, which was, and we could have done nailed it, which I think is no. overdone. Yeah. Nailed is so much cleaner and better. I would never let you do nailed it. Yeah, nailed is also like more evocative. Like it's like nailed it is kind of like dorky and six. Like yeah, you're, you yeah. know, nailed is like oh fuck, it just got nailed. <laughs> yeah, and I I wanted it to be sexual, and this this is a little bit sexual, but more tasteful than the things I had come up with. <laughs> I want to know what they are so much. Um, One of them was the whole nine inches. Oh yeah, the whole nine inches. <laughs> I was inches. like, no, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, not that, happening. I'm glad you remember good. that. Closer <laughs> closer to pod is deeply stupid, and an, an older nine inch nails cast used you get me closer to pod as their sign off, and okay. I didn't know that. So that's, I'm glad I didn't. That's a good one, though. I mean, that. I'm on my Kickstarter for my Nine Inch Nails cover album. Um, one of the rewards is a, a horrible T-shirt. And I, <laughs> I call it a horrible T-shirt because my shirt is going to say, you get me closer to Gertz, which is my last name. Um, I, could, I not like that. <laughs> could not be worse. Could not be worse. I mean, it starts with a G, so <laughs> the joke is there. I, yes. I like it. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, so what is it? Is it N-I-N? Is it N-N? For you, is it nine inch nails, three syllables every time? Is it nails? Like, what do I call it? it? Yeah. I say nine inch nails. Okay. So every time, she she does that often. And I used to do that. I'll say nin sometimes, but I kind of feel dorky saying that. So I just say nine inch nails. I do too. Thank you. <laughs> I feel dorky, but I wanted to, I want to save time so much that I got tired of saying nine inch nails. It's not that much time I, yeah. to just say the whole band name and make yourself sound a lot cooler. Yeah. And nails is cooler than nin too. So sometimes I do say nails. Yeah. I feel like people that were in the band and worked with the band say nails more often, like musician 
People, industry people say nails. I feel like it's weird. I have heard that as well, um, especially when I'm talking with with fellow musicians for the project. They they say nails, but you know, I want to yeah. take I want to take the time as much time as we could be spending with the Nine Inch Nails uh, Universe dialogue. I'm in I'm in for it. You're right. No you rush. Want to spend more time <laughs> with, with with Trent and the boys, <laughs> the boys from Cleveland. Um, so I wanted to talk about your recently getting into Nine Inch Nails and how that happened and and how it took so long in life. <laughs> but as a real quick thing before that, you had a um, like an EP of songs about Rick and Morty. And Oops. Rick and Morty, I think it was season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to cancellations. Sure. But uh, they used Hurt, like not the Johnny Cash or anything, actual Hurt. I think it was the end of Rick and Morty season two and it was like a thing. D- did that not... I don't know if you watched it or not, but did it make you say, oh, who's that? Um, I don't think I remember that happening um, or it wasn't conscious to me that that was Nine Inch Nails. Um, mm. So, it, you know, consciously, I have I did not listen to them at all until a year ago. Um, like mm. I, I saw them on um, the episode eight of uh, The Return of Twin Peaks. And that oh, was the yeah. first time that I had ever like been aware of like what genre of music they even do but that's the nine inch nails (laughs) that they refer to them as the nine inch nails um so i don't technically count that (laughs) (laughs) t-nin yes some some people are abbreviating now it's it's not nan it's not n-i-n it's t-nin i like that (laughs) um okay what about this um god knows you love the simpsons the weird fake n-i-n poster and homer palooza and Homer said, "You'll you'll know the line way better than me, but I believe he says, here's your here's your no name bands, Sonic Youth, Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> Did that spark your interest at all?" Well, yeah, I mean, I um that episode came out God in what year? I would have been like 7 or 8 years old. So it's kind of like okay. the band's like I I had heard of the band name before. I just didn't know what they mm. were about. And my parents were just like really good about showing me um, their favorite music. And I loved it. So everything that I was kind of spoon fed was enough for me to feel very satiated in music. I never went through a phase where I was like, I got to find my own taste because I loved everything that I listened to. And I was like just massively yeah. into what I thought was a very eclectic palette of music. You know, I was like very much listening to the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and ACDC. And then also like jazz and like, um, like gypsy jazz and, um, you know, kind of power poppy things. And then, you know, my sister got me into like Kanye and outcast and, you know, just like, just a a wide gamut of music. Um, however, my dad was also a huge snob and like wouldn't really allow me to listen to the radio. And so it was kind of <laughs> like I wasn't a lot like I grew up in the 90s. And, like I was born in 91. And so when I was a kid, like what was popular was like, you know, boy bands and Britney Spears mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was also very snobby about like, I don't like that type of music. And uh, mm. so we wouldn't listen I was to. Too. <laughs> yeah. So we wouldn't listen to any yeah. top 40. We would just listen to mm. CDs um, and uh, my dad's iPod and stuff. And so it, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't accessible to me. Like, it's not like these songs by Nine Inch Nails were still like constantly on the radio, but if they were, I wouldn't have even known. (laughs) And so same with the music videos, like by the time that I was like aware of music videos, they weren't really playing them. It was like, yeah, you know what I mean? So it was just not really around for me. Yeah. 
MTV was in their like teen mom phase at that exactly. point. Exactly. Probably. When yes. you were getting into like, videos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. it was the show made um and <laughs> like room raiders and stuff like that. It was like that and era. Next. Next. God, I Remember love next. next. I deeply love next. <laughs> Remember when they would do this shithead thing and someone would get off the bus and take two steps and they'd be like, next. So mean. <laughs> Uh, I know. It's just cruel. It's like the writers wrote that cruelty in there. Yeah. My next was called Singled Out, starring Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> oh, my <Hey>. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're... I'm a different generation, and so is Jess, you know. <laughs> no, just, no, no. We're, also, just, we're just elder millennials. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. My parents had zero culture, so I had to seek things outside of them. Same. Except my dad instilled a love of female vocal pop into me, which is really strange. And Like what? I'm, like he was constant. I was talking about this the other night. Um, he was constantly playing a Desiree. I remember, <laughs> if you remember her, um, when Katie Seagal put out a solo album, he was maybe the biggest fan it ever had. That cracks me up. Was it like originals wow. or was it covers? Like I didn't even know it this existed. It was originals. It oh, might have okay. had covers on it too, but I I don't know. She might have had more albums, but I only I only remember that first one. Um, he had Robin's first album who be, later be, this was the late 90s later she became an indie pop darling but this is a pretty mainstream swedish pop star robin um she didn't like um the stuff they some producers made her do on her first record but my dad fucking loved it and <laughs> it wormed its way into my brain and now i'm i'm a pop head who also, whose favorite band is nine inch nails um but also has a love for Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, that's, that's the pop head. Inside of me, there are two wolves. And one is a pop head and the other is a goth, I guess. <laughs> Love it. Well, I feel like you'd like my Nine Inch Nails cover album then. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 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 geared toward me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when you first discovered, I feel like you were discovering them at the same time as we were starting this podcast, if I have my, cal- my timeline right. Yeah, for me, it was... Um, end of March. It was, it was in March that I got into of last year of 2022 is when I got into oh, Nine okay. Inch Nails. March of 21 is when we started recording this. So never mind. I was wrong about that. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, they came to my life at the perfect time. Like I was going through the worst, worst couple of weeks of my life. Um, and I just was like in a horrible headspace and I was introduced, uh, you know, casually, like, hey, check this out. While um, I was getting a ride home, my friend was like, you should listen to this. And, you know, I the next day was like, you got to tell me what that was. And he's like, it was the downward spiral, but you should start with Pretty Hate Machine and, like, go through the catalog if you like it and go through this weird journey. And I was like, okay, I will. And so I put on Pretty Hate Machine and I just, like, it, it was like medicine. It was like, oh my God, like I needed this. I'd never have heard anything like this. And also like, I really need this for my, my soul, so to speak. Like it just really yeah. was very healing and cathartic and angry and just really, really powerful. And so I just became very, very obsessive and just, it's really for the last year, kind of the only thing that I listened to. And I listen to a lot of music, but I listen to almost nothing but Nine Inch Nails now. And then Trent Reznor scores, um, and then the Beatles. <laughs> um, and lately, the Tame Impala song that's at the end of the Dungeons and Dragons movie is my new earworm. Oh, uh. There's just something about it that I really, really like. But it's rare that I don't listen to Nine Inch Nails. Like, I listen to Nine Inch Nails every single day, um, in part because I have to, because I'm making this album, and I'm trying to figure out you know, what I could be doing to each of these songs, and so I really need to digest them. Um, but also, just 
for catharsis. Like it just feels good every time I'm having like a bad day. It, it never fails to help. <laughs> yeah. That healing aspect I think is what we hear from many, many people, probably most fans. Um, yeah. It's kind of what gets people into it. And we got really deep into them again because we grew up loving them, but Kind of straight away during my indie sleaze era, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and I kind of got lost. I I was never a big fan of uh, with teeth, which is what we're going to be covering next uh, pretty soon. The anyway. younger folks are going to hate us. Yeah, the younger folks are going to hate the older people who are like, oh, I love with teeth, but I know that I understand. Like one of the things that's really um, kind of lucky for me is because I got into it all at once. I never had to wait to see mm-hmm. what was next, and I never had yes. an opportunity to build mm-hmm. up what I thought the album should sound like. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to wait five years between releases. And right, <laughs> right. And, no, truly. Yeah. And then, to, yeah. you know, if it's not the type, because it's such a completely different sonic experience. Yep. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Dave Grohl's drumming on it. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't want your Nine Inch Nails to sound like Foo Fighters, <laughs> like if you're used to it being a different thing, you know. But right. it's because I didn't have any anticipation or build up or st- you know, stress or anxiety surrounding what it's going to be. It was just kind of easy for me to to recognize the ways in which um, the songwriting kind of evolved and shifted and changed. And um, then I got to go right to the next album. And so it was just mm-hmm. easy for me to kind of see what's what's the same, what's similar, those through lines, um, and not have that emotional reaction to it. It was, it was kind of just like, wow, that's so cool that he got so different after this. Yeah. Um, and it's so poppy, which, you know, I love cause that's already the type of music that I tend to gravitate towards, but I could see kind of being like, like I went through this with Weezer or the Simpsons or like a lot mm-hmm. of things have like really shifted that, you know, they start one way and then they end quite differently. But I don't know. It's, yeah. I think that a lot of the later stuff is, um, is really excellent, uh, of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there's ebbs and flows, and I've liked it all, but, like, uh, the trilogy of EPs I fucking love. I mean, it's some of the best stuff they've ever done. I love Hesitation Marks a lot because it kind of is what brought me it, back in and hate, yeah. reignited my interest. That's a controversial, sometimes hated one. I, I like – I'm iffy on it, but I still like it a lot, and there's there's a lot to like about it. it it's really different, too, like with teeth. But, yeah, so, anyway, we went back and rediscovered – I guess during the, oh, the pandemic, pandemic yeah, I was yeah, yeah. just looking for things that gave me comfort. And The Downward Spiral was an album that I listened to a lot in high school uh, and always gave me comfort. And for some reason, I just curled up in a ball and just would listen to that album over and over and over oh. and then went back and re-listened to the other stuff. And then and I think Broken was something to break out if, mm-hmm. if we were feeling angry. That was something to just blast real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because like before coming across Nine Inch Nails, like I spent... I guess, what is age, 31 years of my life not having something that's good at, like, letting me do that. I've always just, like, Um, grabbed – I mean, I like punk music a lot, but that's not angry to me. That's fun. That's, like, (laughs) you know, it's just kind of, like, at best, it's a little bratty. But it's not, like, getting that out of my system. And historically, I would more gravitate towards, like, Elliot Smith or, like, something really Mm -hmm. depressing. Um, So it was nice to just have something that was angry. (laughs) Ooh, we have an Elliot Smith lover here too oh. in this household. Couldn't. Yeah, I like I like that sad shit. Oh, I love it. And if you listen to like Heat Miser, you know his band, then you actually get some mm-hmm. drums and some low end on it, which is fun. A little bit more uh, upbeat, though I hesitate to use that when describing well, any, yeah. anything Elliot Smith. <laughs> 
No, that makes me uh, think of uh, what Jess and I were talking about recently, obsessive interests, which many of us developed during the pandemic, and you have clearly started with Nine Inch Nails. My question is, with these obsessive interests where you dive in immediately and you dive in completely and utterly, um, can they last? Will will you like Nine Inch Nails next year? (laughs) Well, that's a great question. I will say, so my pandemic obsession... um, was the show Survivor. I had never seen it before, and I went from season one to season 40, and oh then I ended up having a Survivor-themed birthday party, and I like auditioned to be wow. on the show. I'm now quite good friends with this, a number of people that have won the show and been on the cast. Um, and funny enough, last year, no, uh, you know, it was just my friends, um, no Survivor cast members. Then my most recent birthday was Nine Inch Nails themed, and yep. uh, there were like five Survivor cast people there, <laughs> like all dressed <laughs> in like, you know, goth alternative clothes. It was amazing. Um, Did they happen to be fans, <laughs> just coincidentally? <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, um, well, not really. Some of them were. There, a couple of them hate uh, they hate listening to Nine Inch Nails and it's actually really <laughs> funny because he's uh, my friend John Cochran is like super into you know power poppy Beatles that we actually bonded over the Beatles which is like saying we bonded over um, liking the sun <laughs> like it's just kind of like <laughs> okay <laughs> you like weekends too like what how did you bond <laughs> over that but um, puppies how do you feel about them <laughs> uh, exactly and so um, it's actually really funny because I'll force him to listen to the Nine Inch Nails song that, and then my cover and every time that we get to my cover he just like has a sigh of relief because he's just like oh thank god there's no no one yelling at me and there's no screaming sounds he's just so sensitive to um what i and i'm sure a lot of us love about uh the layered tracks and kind of the aggression and violence and sexual nature like the things that are exciting and fun um about those songs can be really off-putting to people which i love (laughs) I love making people uncomfortable listening to music that they wouldn't normally like. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uncomfortable, I, on your Kickstarter, you, I think you said something like you want your friends and family to to join your join you in your love for Nin. Yes. And I wanted to know why do you want your family to join you? Because I don't even want my family to know that I have this podcast. <laughs> period. Blake but, doesn't want his family to know any of his yeah, interests. Like but no. You, that I'm a pod. I mean, the shame they'd feel to know their son is a podcaster. They know I work in podcasting a little bit, but if they know the whole <laughs> truth, my God, the embarrassment. That's funny. Yeah, no, I um, I think of music as a, a way to very easily communicate with with others. Um, you know, mm-hmm. making a playlist is one of the most making a playlist for somebody is like one of the most romantic gestures I can think of, and a second to writing a song for somebody. You know. And um, these songs, these Nine Inch Nails songs just impacted me so much emotionally um, that I kind of just wanted to, like, share it. I just wanted to kind of give that to the people that I love in my life. And I kind of just figured that my friends and family would not get uh, Nine Inch Nails as it was originally produced. And I still thought that these songs were really beautiful and touching and powerful and sometimes funny. And like just there were a lot of elements that I thought could be communicated if kind of arranged differently, if I peeled back Mm -hmm. some of these layers. And I 
kind of just did it as a little experiment at first for fun. I was just going to do one or two songs. Um, but I fell in love with the process of covering Nine Inch Nails songs. Like I, I say this on the Kickstarter as well, I think, but I kind of never want to be done making this album because it is so enjoyable. And that's one of the reasons that I am not only doing an album of 12 songs, but I also am offering on Kickstarter like a whole B-sides album of like right. the demos that didn't make the album because I've I've experimented with like 30 different songs and I kind of just want to keep going. I also have made it a, I'm not going to get to this amount of money, I don't think, but if I re- reach a certain stretch goal, I'm just going to co- cover all of Pretty Hate Machine. I would like for that to happen. As just a <laughs> consumer here, I want all I don't just want the the original <laughs> album. I do want all the B sides and extras. I want yeah. Pretty Hate Machine, Do yeah. Broken. Why the hell not? Yeah, totally. Um, I would. I'm curious how I would do things that are like instrumentals. Like how? What's a what's a cover of La Mer sound like in my voice? Beautiful is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. can you speak French? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to learn. I'll have to learn. Um, just a few lines. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's been a really fun process, and uh, so far it has worked in terms of getting the friends and family who don't like that style of music to really like the songs themselves. Okay, well that that makes sense. Like my parents are not going to listen to anything with screaming, right? Just, that's that's going to stop them dead in their tracks. So if I played them, if I played my mom like the Frail or or La Mer, she would probably think it was nice. Absolutely. But only something that sounded like that. Well, for example, like Reptile is pretty intense, um, but my version of it is, in my opinion, like very, very touching. And like, I really, my, my dream is for someone to have that be their wedding song. Like, it's very beautiful. (laughs) Um, As long as you're okay being, you know, hearing you're my precious whore, I think it's really (laughs) touching. I really liked the, the. I wish there was a longer clip of it, but what I heard online sounded really promising. And even though you you change up the chord progression completely in the whole mood, yes, um, I liked what you did. She spreads herself wide open to let the insects in. She leaves a trail of honey to show me where she's been. She has the blood of a reptile just underneath her skin Seeds from a thousand others drip down from within album i mentioned discarded working titles earlier did did you have any titles that didn't make the cut perhaps my empire of gertz (laughs) that's great uh that's really good it's funny um i'm covering hurt right now um i I didn't want to do it because um you know it's already so famously covered 
not just by Johnny Cash, but also so many people cover this song that I was like, there's no, there, how am I going to make it interesting? So I kind of figured I'll do it as a stretch goal and uh, I'll just send it to everybody. It won't make it onto the album, but I think it is going to be on the album now because I actually really oh, enjoy, wow. I really enjoy what I'm doing, but it's it's almost impossible for me to not sing I will let you down. I am Allie Gertz. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> it's just right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of uh, possible names, I always knew it was going to be either peeled back or peel it back. Um, my favorite song is March of the Pigs. So it was just kind of like, I always liked that lyric and it was just so perfect for what it was, what I was doing with the songs that it was a no brainer. It was like, it just instantly made sense to me. So it was always going to be that. That when, as soon as I saw the title peeled back, I was like, okay, that, that makes total sense. I see what she's doing with this. Yeah. What was the first song when you heard it? You were like, I want to cover this and do it. Was there a particular song or? That's a great question. Funny enough, the first song that I did cover uh, <laughs> is Every Day is Exactly the Same, which mm. I did almost nothing to in terms of rearranging it. So it is not at all <laughs> like symbolic to the project of peeling it back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I really loved that song and thought it was very beautiful and thought it kind of naturally would work with, with what I was doing. But it's weird that that's the first one that I did because it was well into my journey listening to Nine Inch Nails and deciding that I would do some covers. The first song that I heard that I was like, it'd be really cool to do that differently, um, was Had Like a Hole because it was the first song that I put on and I was just like, I love this. This is so cool. These lyrics are really great. But then I funny enough have not done that one um so it's funny how those things work um march of the pigs is um such a insanely cool song and i love the um the time signature in it so much Mm -hmm. that i i I felt like if i could only do one song it should be this one because it would be the most impressive to get right but that's a hard one to cover yeah it is i've done like four different versions of it and i'm gonna release like all the different um options that I put out like before I came up with like my kind of beautiful pretty version of reptile I did a pretty loyal cover of reptile which is very weird in my voice it does not sound good interesting <laughs> yeah I had like you know when I started the project I wasn't exactly sure how one to one I should make the covers and how 9 inch nailsy they should be cuz I wasn't I didn't want to be disrespectful. Like, I really love these songs and I wanted to honor them and, like, you know, pay my respect. And so I didn't want to skip important musical motifs or rush through things just because I couldn't think of a fun way to do it. So when I originally did Reptile, I, you know, had, like, the one-minute intro of, like, (laughs) like, all that sound. Submarine sounds. (laughs) Yeah. Not actually those sounds, but I was like, how do I do a version of that? And, you know, I tried. And ultimately, I realized, like, this is not working. Um, I need to just be okay with, you know, picking the parts of the song that mean the most to me that I like the best and not worry so much about, you know, the the perception that it might have. Like, I'm, I am allowed to change the chords and do something a little different if I want to, because that's what art is. You're allowed, you're allowed to make those choices. Right. And, and I think that even in Reptile, where I change it the most – it still carries a lot of what I think is great about the original. It's not just like now I'm doing a lounge version of Hurt, you know. It's like it hopefully still has aspects of the original that people love as well. I like that you really like um, 
you've you've talked about that you like reptile. Um, I think something from the King cast where you said it was actually empowering to women. And I wanted to ask about that because when I have listened to it in the past, I'm like, oh no, am I am I a misogynist because <laughs> I'm listening to this these lyrics? I don't know how well they age. Um, I still think it's a great song. But what's what's your take on it? I guess that makes you like it so much. Um, I like. I think that there's a tongue-in-cheek quality to a lot of the lyrics of the downward spiral, and that there's a, a, a like a self-awareness of like it's a character, like this is a story, and I like that it's a story of this sexist guy, like and this like it feels it feels like there's a, a level of um, admission, perhaps, of like okay, yeah, I fucking hate this person, um, but then also <laughs> it's. I don't know. I like mean spirited songs. Like I, <laughs> I always have loved like diss tracks, and I think that there's an art to being cruel and unkind. And I think that reptile is very unkind, in a very biting way that is touching. To to be so mean about somebody, so specifically, you know, so poetically, is a way love. Like there's something loving about hating something in someone so much. And I think that that's kind of beautiful because the ultimate way to hurt someone is to not care about them. So to show that you care so much by mm. saying these insane things about a woman is like so yeah. funny to me. But again, like when you when you hear it in my voice, in a woman's voice, softer and sweeter the lyrics just change. They just become something else. And I'm really excited for people to hear these Nine Inch Nails lyrics just in this slightly different venue because it really will put them in a new light without me having to do too much. Yeah, you know what? I'm really uh, uh, psyched slash scared for Big Man with a Gun. That is <laughs> How okay. the hell are you going to pull that off? I have to How? be honest. I... I have to be honest and not be humble at all. I, I think it's my 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 greatest achievement in life is my cover of Big Man with a Gun. I'm oh, so wow. excited okay. to show it to you. Um, it's it's really fun. When I listen to that, I so I listen to the Downward Spiral many 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 times. But for some reason, I just didn't really ever give that song much time. And uh, I was walking one day and it kind of like entered my brain in a way that it hadn't before. And I realized just how funny it is. And, you know, it's mocking, you know, you could tell mm -hmm. by the title that it's again, a diss track. Right. And so I just thought like, wow, it, it's going to completely sound so different when a woman is saying, I want to come all over you. And <laughs> it's like, I just can't wait. And I, I picked a tone. It's totally different from the rest of the album because it's got kind of like this like groove to it. It's almost, this sounds like I'm insulting myself and maybe I am. It kind of sounds like it could be in a nineties eHarmony commercial. Like there's something about it that's <laughs> just kind of like, I don't know how to describe like it. Like a jingle? Almost. It has like a commercial quality to it. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of, it's almost, it's almost jazzy. Like there's something a little groovy about it. Um, but it's very mocking and it's very, it's not, I, I couldn't say that it's sweet. It's not sweet anymore. It's kind of sexy and mocking yeah. and like, you know, it's, yeah. it's a, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself with your big gun. It's, it's cute. <laughs> 
Right. No, I, I, I can't wait for it. I'm also a little scared for it. Hearing big man with a gun described as cute is really funny. <laughs> Tell me why you're scared. <laughs> well, I'm. it divides the fan base and people flip out over it. Some people do. Um, it, it's an often skipped, people will say, I love the downward spiral, skip big man with a gun every single time. That's crazy to, to, to me. me it's a song where the music is really, really cool. The lyrics are quite obviously very offensive, but I know that it's, it's satire. Satire. Again, I know. I know. It's so uh, funny. I listened to you guys talk about this on the podcast, so I won't pretend that I didn't. I remember like aw. the I, I remember hearing like you're the only one that likes this song, maybe in the world. And I was like, No, I do. <laughs> I fucking love that song. Um, but uh, I think I think people will like my version, even if they hate, um, maybe especially if they hate the original version. Um, but you also, yeah, you might hate it. But the thing is, is like when I'm singing it, just having a woman sing it, like it's so obvious that I'm making fun of people that have guns <laughs> and like yeah. people with big egos. And, you know, I just think right. it kind of works. I, I think it will work when you put it that way. I think it should have worked when Trent did it. S- somehow I'd, he, he doesn't. Seemed to particularly like the song. I've heard that. Yeah. I'm so glad that he didn't end up not having it on the album, which it sounds like he was talking about. But like, yep. but I, I really think it's so good. And I like, I keep right now hearing that kind of warbly screaming sound at the top. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's so fun and dizzying. And I really love the drums in it. I mean, it's kind of Nirvana but like, there's just something really fun about that song to me and uh, it's like the most punk rock yeah yeah it really is and you know what it's short i don't know how you could ever have an issue with a short song it's only taken up a minute and a half of your life (laughs) yeah it's it's punk but it's also kind of country like the melody of it when i was coming up with um my arrangement i was doing it on guitar and it kind of just naturally sounds like a country song when you sing it as is. Like, I am a big man, yes I am, and I have a big gun. Like, it just kind of has like a country feel to it. Fortunately, I did not mm. stick with that, but I will be releasing that as a little uh, demo thing. I think it'll be kind of funny. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's why Johnny Cash did that one because exactly. it lent itself <laughs> so much to the. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, well, if, uh, I'll switch gears entirely mood wise. Um, The next, you know, we go Halo by Halo, and the next thing we're going to talk about is a fan favorite still, Um, and I wanted to know if you had thoughts on it, uh, because people are going to want to hear about still, um, and to give them a little uh, preview, I guess, because it's like, still is like NIN peeled back. It's NIN stripped down. Have you heard it? Are you a fan of still? I've heard it. To be honest, I um, don't connect yet. And I say yet because it is often the case for me that stuff that kind of challenges me emotionally or puts me in a different place than I'm wanting to be emotionally will take some time. For example, I my skip song on uh, The Downward Spiral is Hurt. Like, I, I hated it mm. with a fucking passion. Sorry to swear. <laughs> but I hated that song. And, we don't swear here. <laughs> um, this is a clean cast. Yeah, on Easter Sunday, no less. But I, yeah. I couldn't stand that song because I just didn't want to be sad. I wanted to be angry. And I wanted, oh. to, I wanted to be angry or horny and not sad. <laughs> so I was just like, <laughs> I cannot listen to this song. Um, and now... It's it like is so important to me. It's so meaningful to me. It like helps me a lot. Also, seeing it live was um you know always mm. you know every time you'll see it live. But it was just like really really changed for me. Um, that said, like still just doesn't fit 
what I'm trying to get out of Nine Inch Nails at this time in my life. So it's the least listened to for me um, of, of all of the Nine Inch Nails albums. It's it's There's nothing about it that I don't like. It's just that I like everything else more. Are you less into instrumentally stuff than you are into stuff with lyrics? In general? Well, with, with Nin specifically. Well, funny enough, I listen to, you know, Trent Reznor scores all day long and did before I knew that he was in in Nine Inch Nails. I loved Trent Reznor yeah. as a composer. I just didn't know. Um, but, you know, I listened to, like, oddly, I listened to, like, the mid-90s soundtrack every day um, just because, like, it's very sweet. It's, like, is it just, like, I love it. It's really lovely. So I love, like, what he's capable of doing instrumentally, of course. Um, and, I like, I love instrumental tracks on – um, the downward spiral and the fragile. Um, mm-hmm. Like sometimes those are my favorite as much as I love Trent's voice. Um, but yeah, I just, I prefer a little bit more grit and like a little bit more of a like heaviness, I think. Because I've always listened to stuff that's sad and slow. So I don't need that anymore. Okay. It's like. You've listened to enough sad bastard music like Elliot Smith in the past. I like the high fidelity reference. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, still is definitely the sad bastard of of the nin canon i think but it's really beloved and i think it's at the time that it hit me in my life and i had this anticipation and this love of the fragile building up to its release and i I think if you had that it it just hit differently yeah no that makes total sense and also like you know the age that you like you're a different person by the time that album comes out for if you're not listening to it back to back to back like i am for me it's just like yeah i just I just learned about this band and I want to make it sound like that band again. <laughs> and it does. But it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's excellent. I, I look forward to when I'm um, in a different place and I'm able to kind of slow down and appreciate it. It's kind of similar. This is very different, but it's similar to me, um, my experience with uh, the Before trilogy. Like, I, I love, if you've seen those movies, Richard Linklater. Um, mm-hmm. The first movie is, like, very young love, like, very, like, wish-fulfilling. The second movie is, like a little bit, I don't know. The first one is Downward Spiral. The second one is The Fragile. And the third one is Still <laughs> is what I'm getting at, where I'm not ready to watch before midnight, the last um, installment mm. where they're like in their 40s and like fighting with each other. Um, because like, I'm not ready for that part of my life to have love look like arguments with a married person where you have kids. Like I'm not there yet. I'm still in the version of my life and music where I just want to like believe that two people can fall in love and it's perfect and nothing bad will ever happen. Um, so I just, right. one day I'll love before midnight, one day I'll love still. <laughs> <laughs> Truly the before midnight of, of, of the Nin catalog. <laughs> What's weird about still is that it's part of a live album package with a concert movie and album and everything. Are, are you a fan of, of that? Are you familiar with and all that could have been the live album? I guess their only official live album they ever did. I'm actually not. Okay. That's exciting for me because, you know, I, as much as I have digested and how many times I have listened to the things I have digested, um, there are still things that I've yet to discover, which I think makes this podcast actually very helpful for me <laughs> to kind of like go through and, and figure some of this stuff out because it's a big, the Nineveh is big. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't even seen, like, both, neither of us have seen the concert movie that came after that. Beside you in time, we ad- we admitted to the listeners <laughs> that uh, despite being quote experts of some sort, uh, we have not seen that, and we're kind of saving mm-hmm. watching that 
beside you in time Blu-ray, yeah. Blu-ray saving it for the podcast. Yeah, um, I blame lot- it on the the with teeth era because I kind of lost interest, and mm. so that's probably why I never watched it. But a lot of fans are saying they like mm. that. A live concert movie better. It's just a higher production value, maybe less sloppy. Um, I don't know. I'll have to watch it to find out. But maybe that's the one I should be recommending. I'll check it out. Okay, this is this is off topic, but I kind of wanted to <laughs> ask. It's it's actually on topic because Weird Al did some Nin stuff. Um, you did. You were background in the Weird movie, right? Yeah, it was really exciting. <laughs> I I imagine it would be. Um, because he's awesome. Um, he's done some some Nine Inch Nails parody stuff, which like Germs, I thought was so awesome. If you're familiar with that, oh, of course I'm familiar with Germs. Um, yeah, I. That's another situation where like I heard that before I knew what he was even like. You know, I did too, <laughs> because ninety nine to two thousand was when I got into Nin, and so I heard Germs shortly before I had heard Nin for real. So. A little bit after that, I was like, oh, that's what that was supposed to be. <laughs> when did Germs come out? 99-ish. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. That sounds right. Yeah, I definitely wasn't. But he wears in the my... fishnets and stuff like uh, on stage. Yeah. I wasn't in my uh, Weird Al era. My Weird Al era was way before when he was doing like like a surgeon or something because I'm old. <laughs> anyway, I bring up your... <laughs> Sorry. Wa- uh, watch Weird to see Allie. And I bring that up because... Jess also got to meet Weird Al. Oh, what was that? Uh, I don't know why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked at a bookstore and he was uh, in Springfield on a stop on a tour. And uh, he came into the store and he was really, really cool and nice. And we all just kind of stalked him. Every bookseller was like, <laughs> holy shit, Weird Al. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's maybe the yeah. only good person in the world. <laughs> I agree based upon meeting him and talking to him for like three minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He um he did my Simpsons podcast back in the day and he was like just very sweet and polite and tragically normal. Um, He's weird, yeah. but he's, you know, y- you want him to be <laughs> like doing what backflips. What episode did he choose or did you, did he you did, cover with him? He did three three gays in a condo, the episode that he's in. Um, mm-hmm. Narcissist. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was great. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. I kind of just asked uh, the director of the movie, um, Eric Appel, hey, can I can I do anything in this movie? Like I'll, I'll like show up with coffee. I'll be a PA, but can I just like be on set? I love Daniel Radcliffe and I know I, I vaguely know Al and he was like, absolutely. Let's just get you in some crazy eighties costume and <laughs> hair. I have huge hair. I'm kind of unrecognizable in it, but um, I am sitting right behind uh real uh, Al and his wife. Um, very cool. They're very sweet. Um, and yeah, it was an honor. And I got to meet, I never get starstruck really, but I got to meet Daniel Radcliffe dressed as Weird Al. And that was a little trippy. Like for one person yeah. that you're a fan of to be dressed as another person you're a fan of is a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> I can't wait till they make the Trent Reznor biopic. Oh my God. Some... I'll hopefully be an extra in that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we are. <laughs> um, everybody loves, loves putting podcasters in their films. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to re- – we've posted it before on the Nailed Instagram. We'll have to repost the picture of uh, Jess and Al together no, in, the, in the bookstore. It's very cute. It's very <laughs> cute. So as you mentioned, you have stretch goals. By the way, this will be coming out tomorrow, Monday, 
and you know us, we're punctual. You have like a whole two or three days by that point <laughs> um, to uh, get on that Kickstarter still, which you should do um, because- What's the highest tier again? I thought it was funny, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was called it was called Pay Pig, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically yeah. If you want to if you want to be a Pay Pig and just give me two thousand dollars, um, <laughs> you know, I I won't judge you. Yeah, I have I had some kind of silly ones. I also had one that I would officiate your wedding, but you have to add five hundred dollars for each additional spouse if you're polyamorous. Um, oh, <laughs> and uh, that seems only fair. I think so. And um, I actually sold out of my. Um, I, I I offered nice voice notes that I would send you, like a thank you personalized voice note. But then I also offered a limited edition number of. Um, mean voice notes um, and those ones those ones uh, flew off the shelves people uh, people hmm. people want me to be mean to them Oops. That, that makes sense for a nine inch nails fan i'm not gonna yeah. lie yeah interesting now how many people signed up to be pay pigs again <laughs> uh tragic I, I really you know i lowered the amount because at first i was like five thousand dollars and then i made it two thousand like you never know someone might do it and listen there are still a few days left i i Really encourage someone out there to, to take the plunge and go for it. <laughs> I think you got to add a kick in the balls. And then they'll, they'll, <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, yes, please. Um, we yeah. are in fans after all. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's really starting to feel like a kink adjacent, kink starter. It's becoming a little. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't there a kink starter? <laughs> Actually, it I've got makes an idea. Itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, because because OnlyFans is too vanilla. So. Right. <laughs> um, I I swear we are getting on. We are backing. It's just that we're still choosing what the hell tier we want because there's so much. There's so many different things you can get. It's like, do I want the cassette? Do I want the CD? Do I want this limited vinyl? Do I want <laughs> a kick in the balls and a, a, a memo from Ali? Um, so. We will figure it out. Love it. Um, probably right after this, and we'll, we'll be backers too. And and listeners, you should too, um, so you can hear this cool album. Yeah, become a peeled backer. Yeah, peel it back. So you have stretch goals where you're gonna cover all sorts of other stuff. Is there anything that you're working on with that, like right now, that you can tell us about? Like like what are you doing? Are, are you working with a symphony orchestra? And yeah, <laughs> adding... I'm, I'm working with a really amazing duo that are adding strings to just about every track. Um, so everything that is on the album so far is completely just me. It's me and my guitar and then my MIDI keyboard to basically do all of the synth and the drums and mm -hmm. the bass and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And I wanted there to be a little bit more of an organic feeling to everything. And so it wasn't just so mechanical. And these strings, like they are elevating these songs so much. And it's been really cool because they will come up with their amazing composition, but then, you know, I'll have notes and I'm like, how do I give notes back on violin? Like, I don't know the words to tell them what to do. <laughs> and so I would just like record like me singing what I thought this string should sound like. And I think I actually will release that to people too that are doing the behind the scenes tier because I think it's kind of interesting to hear like how the strings kind of came to be, what they did, what I did, and then what they ended up delivering because they just, they nail it. It's really amazing. Yeah. And then the other thing that I'm doing in addition to, you know, working on more covers and still locking down my track list is um, I am going to be doing some Foley design, which I think will be really cool. Oh. And uh, I do want it to have kind of some texture that makes, you know, makes it a little closer to the original in some ways, but in 
a new spirit, I guess. So that will be a lot of fun. You do your own version of like the beginning of Mr. Self-Destruct, <laughs> hitting something over and over I'm, gradually I'm, it's, faster. It's me petting my cat. It's like all sweet things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not being, it's not a man being beaten. This is a, a different mood. Yes. <laughs> okay. Here's the stretch goal I want the most. Oh, by the way, you, I think you called the violins uh, stretch goal ad, ad, ad violins, violins, which I fucking <laughs> Thank you. I have to Uh, say I'm very proud of all my puns for my stretch goals. I'm a a stupid pun person. Yes. My, so one of them, so just so you know, like I'm not really, I didn't allot for any of this money to just be a paycheck. It's all going towards the album, except I was like, you know what? Like my car door has been broken for so long. (laughs) I'm going to give myself, you know, the $500 it costs to fix it. So I could just open my car door without having to crawl through the side. And that stretch goal was called, um, God fix up the door, which I was, (laughs) um, I was proud of that one. And then the most deep cut name was for the cassette. It was, it's called, uh, it is taped. Um, that's (laughs) that's the most tongue in cheek. I'm not even going to say what the reference is, but if you get it, you get it. (laughs) Yeah. No, what I want the most is you mentioned stems might happen. Oh yeah. And as as someone who does mashups and and does mixing and all that stuff, I want the stems. Okay, so that's actually great. I would love to do a remix, and like you should do a remix album. Like yeah, that should be a thing. <laughs> that'd too. be great. I that's actually a really good idea. Um, I wonder how that works, like just in terms because one of the things that's annoying about this project is I have to figure out all the legal side of things, but. Yep. Um, yeah, there's like a world where it costs like $15 per song per year to cover something, which is great. Love that. That's what I hope is going to happen. But there are also websites that will say like, oh, yeah, you have to pay per download that people like the more successful it is, the more that you'll have mm. to pay. And so by a loose estimate, like on the low end of things, it would be like, oh, OK, cool. It's going to cost me twenty five thousand dollars to release this album. And then now I actually have no money for <laughs> anything. So we're hoping that it's the <laughs> the cheaper version would have been good for me to get my ducks in a row before I made the album. But whatever. Right. No, no, no. Life's Worry too about short. that stuff later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine is working on a accordion covers album of Nin and uh, you you That's know amazing. Ixie who did the um, yeah, piano I, covers album. I thought that was great. I don't think they had too hard of a time with getting like the mechanical rights. I think they call it mm-hmm, yeah. recovering. But stems stems is a good idea. Um, I and you know because I only have a couple of days left to generate some excitement for it. Um, I'll probably post about that right after this episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would love to do a remix. So lastly, do you have any other projects in your life to plug or has Nin subsumed your entire <laughs> life and this is the only thing? <laughs> yeah, Nin is my whole life. <laughs> like okay. Nin is my whole life. I um, have an idea for what I want to do next, which is uh, weird, but I'm I'm talking to someone who I'm a big fan of and I'm talking to them about theoretically doing a, a Twilight Zone concept album. Um, and that actually is slightly uh, Nin adjacent because there are yeah. quite a few yeah, songs. I was say, are you names. talking to Trent Reznor? Where, where is wish. everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the four of us are dying. 
yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I've been uh, I've been talking to a, like a composer that I love that I really want to work with, um, and we will see if that happens. Um, I would Hans announce Zimmer? it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Trent Reznor could still technically be who I'm talking about, but it's not Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah, but listen, yeah. if Trent ends up wanting to do it, this other guy <laughs> kicking him to the curb. <laughs> Trent, if you're listening, <laughs> if you secretly listen to Nailed, even though he did say he doesn't listen to podcasts, <laughs> um, it's a generational thing. It's okay. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but uh, Twilight Zone concept album is something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And now that I kind of have like this slightly evolved um, musical style because of this Nine Inch Nails album I've been doing, um, I think it kind of lends itself to it. And so that's what I'll Mm -hmm. probably start working on creatively next. I would be into that. Okay, cool. Jess, did I miss anything at all? The only thing you have a a little bullet point here that says LDR listening party. Um, (laughs) Lana Del Rey. Uh, we have a lot of Lana Del Rey fans, and I think he's referring to uh, you playing at a Lana Del Rey listening Jessica party. Jessica is an enormous, enormous Lana Del Rey fan. Yeah, I oh do love gosh. Lana. I think the uh, pipeline from Nine Inch Nails to Lana, Day, uh, Lana Del Rey fan is, is real. Yeah. So. No, honestly, truly, I know that firsthand because I performed at um, a Lana Del Rey listening party for her latest album. And um, I went to this awesome record store called Fingerprints in Long Beach, California, which is where I'm from. So it was a nice little um, homey vibe. Uh, But there were like, you know, there were like 300 people at the show that were all there just to listen to the album together. (laughs) You know, I think Mm -hmm. there there was, I think at the back of people's minds, there was a hope that maybe Lana would show up. She did not. (laughs) Um, But uh, I did. (laughs) And I had to apologize uh, just like for not being a halo. I had to apologize for not being Lana Del Rey. Um, (laughs) It's a lot of apologizing. I'm still mad you're not a halo. Yeah. um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I sang um, video games, my cover of video Mm. games. And it was really special because everyone in the audience like sang along to it because they love that song. And it was just really, really pretty and a nice little moment. And then after that, I sang Closer. And that Ooh. was oh. very fun to sing for like all of these girls that love Lana like, Del Rey. We didn't sign up for this. Yeah, well, I had to say before it started, I'm like, you know, sorry that uh, like if there are any kids here, you're about to grow up. Um, well, <laughs> but, <laughs> real fast. Well, La- Lana sa- says the f word. I've she, heard. She <laughs> says a lot of things. Like if she's she allowed to say, say she's allowed to say that something tastes like Coca Cola. I'm allowed to say <laughs> what I want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think there's do. anything more offensive. <laughs> like I don't think the lyrics are closer. Or, or uh, they got nothing on. Yeah, Lana. they got nothing on uh, <laughs> cola. I, I, video song. games is a great choice. I think. Uh, karaokeing video games. I love to do that one. Mm-hmm. It's in my range and just it's something low. about it. Mm-hmm. It's a really, yeah, it's a really nice karaoke track. I, I, I need to do that one again. Yeah. It's been it has years. a beautiful chorus. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually would say for people that don't know my music, like Lana Del Rey is not a bad comp to, to say like, there's like at least tonally in my voice when I go lower, like there, there's, you could say, and I'm flattering myself immensely here, you could say that, that it sounds a little bit like Lana singing a Nine Inch Nails song, at least like for Hurt, which is quite low in my register. Um, mm. So yeah, hopefully if you like Lana Del Rey and you obviously like Nine Inch Nails, you'll maybe enjoy what I'm doing. And there's a, the Venn diagram is insane for those two fandoms and, <laughs> and, and people who listen to this. Um, it, it's way bigger than I ever imagined it would be. So It makes sense. I mean, they're both tortured artists. Um, mm. They're both geniuses. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. I, I'd agree with that. Last thing, you're you're gonna make a closer music video, or maybe you've already made it, but that's part of the Kickstarter, right? And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask, what will the closer 
music video be like? <laughs> have you talked to Mark Romanic yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, have you guys watched that making of um, video? Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's, it's so good. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So yes, there will absolutely be tributes being made to the original Closer video. Um, I won't share too much about it, but it is kind of, there's like an Alice in Wonderland style of story of basically the character of Allie falling into the Nine Inch Nails universe and Mm -hmm. becoming a Nine Inch Nails fan. And so it is basically taking who I was before the album putting me through this Nine Inch Nails universe and spitting me out into this new person who is now embracing darkness and everything that makes Nine Inch Nails what it is. That's totally not what I expected, but that does sound awesome. Um, (laughs) What did you expect? uh, Just that you were just going to rehash the... the, (laughs) Find those twins. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's, it's a really challenging um, project because to come up with a video because it's way easier to come up with something funny than it is to come up with something powerful and cool. And what I want is to be powerful and cool. And what I'm doing already makes people laugh no matter what, because hearing a soft spoken girl sing, I want to penetrate you or you let me penetrate you, like you already kind of chuckle just because it's like you're not used to hearing it that way. And there's just something kind of funny about that. But after I've after I get into it, it becomes clear like this isn't a gimmick. This isn't a joke. This is just like kind of burying my soul in this version of Closer. Like This isn't like Richard Cheese. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly right. That is the perfect comp. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's not just lounge act versions of these songs. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's pretty important to me to make sure that I'm not um, making it too funny. And that's challenging because everything I do in my life is comedy based. And also, if you look at my yeah. Kickstarter, like, there's there's an aspect of humor to it. But I also think there is an aspect of humor to Nine Inch Nails. And there's like Mm -hmm. that self-awareness and cheekiness. And, you know, so there's some of that. But it won't be like a full-on Weird Al parody of germs. (laughs) And that seriousness is, I think, what makes us valid in our parents' eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So thank you so much, Allie Gertz, for coming on. And everyone should go to um, – is there an easy URL they can go to? Yeah. If you go to um, AllieGertz.com, you can find it there. Or you could just go to Kickstarter and search Allie Gertz or just search Nine Inch Nails and you will find uh, my album. You got a couple days to do this, folks. Don't don't disappoint me. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much, Allie, for coming on Nailed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you all next time. And And didn't it make you feel better? Thank you. (laughs) You had all of them on your side, didn't you? Didn't you? You believed in all your lies, didn't you? Didn't you? The ruiner's got a lot to prove, he's got nothing to lose, and now he made you believe. The ruiner's your only friend, and he's the living end to the cattle he deceives. Raping half the innocent, you know, the ruiner ruins everything.